Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and a week in sports cars interview episode. Who do we have? Someone you probably never heard of if you are a straight up racing fan. The name Jordan Wisely, I'm guessing, might not resonate with you if you are indeed hardcore sports car fan, love endurance racing, know your IMSA WeatherTech sports car championship teams and drivers, even know your IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge training category drivers. That's where you'll find Jordan Wisely, a new entry on the entry list within the last couple of months, competing within the hemisphere of Brian Herta Autosport, the factory Hyundai team, which also has a number of great customer teams that they help support and whatnot. And so Jordan, you'll find on the entry list, the teammates of Cabot Bigham in this number 74, Dealey Motorsports Hyundai Elantra NTCR. Why Jordan might not stand out to you and you might wonder, well, maybe I did see his name pop up, but I wonder what other forms of racing it came from. Well, the answer is none, <laughs> nothing bit of a two-wheel background, but genuinely, this year, through his relationship with Hyundai, decided, you know, I've always wanted to try four-wheel motor racing, and within a comically short amount of time, has done enough to get credentialed by IMSA to compete in its second tier, closest to the top tier category. So this is truly someone who just decided this year that he wanted to try this, has proven that he has the talent and capabilities to do so, and is here. This never happens. So where that in and of itself would be plenty to be fascinating and worthy of doing a episode of the Week in Sports Cars with Jordan, the other thing, which is just coincidental, but also kind of hilarious, I know Jordan don't know him personally other than this interview we've done but i've known of jordan for quite some time as has my wife chabrell why we are longtime lovers of the mtv the challenge reality show which is where we know jordan from we just finished watching the most recent season where he's the champion and i think this is his third championship maybe four i forget how many this is a guy who we know from competing, and we're not talking about dating shows and giving people roses and that kind of nonsense. The challenge is about the most grueling contest you're going to find, something where if you aren't throwing up and pulling muscles and quitting, you're not doing things properly. This is a guy who, despite having a limitation that many others would consider uh, pretty problematic. One of his hands was not fully formed at birth. And so things like gripping poles and doing a lot of the lifting and pulling challenges, he cannot ignore them, gets no pass, has to do them and wins and wins and wins. And so naturally gripping a steering wheel different for him than anyone else. And yet he's a multiple champion in the challenge it is all about physical strength, physical endurance, and mental endurance, which he has proven over and over again to be champion level. And so naturally, despite having a bit of a physical item to overcome, which he has never let be an excuse, here we have someone who has mastered the physical and mental challenges required in the challenge, saying, you know, that's all about enduring. 
let's try something else about enduring endurance sports car racing and so here we have the gift of somebody who is just doing phenomenal things to close here you'll also learn that there's a pretty good check that comes with winning the challenge and jordan is not somebody to just sit on that and enjoy the riches you'll hear later in the interview about the war in ukraine and something that i just consider to be phenomenal that he has done you want to talk about people taking real and true action for the betterment of others this guy has done that and is about that and then we close talking about a new movie he's starring in called helmet i saw the trailer for it i couldn't i still don't oh he told us what it's about so i have a better idea but i I can't wait to watch it because I'm fascinated because it's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. I tend to love both forms of movies, so neither one of them are bad. But we recorded this towards the end of June, just prior to the Watkins Glen IMSA event. So apologies for taking just a little bit to get this turned around. But he has indeed been racing, getting on track, getting more experience. Cannot wait to see how far he can take this new chapter in his life. So let's get rolling with Jordan Wisely, all brought to us by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. Jordan Wisely's been doing big things in his life for a long time. Um, Beyond winning a lot, winning the most recent uh, season of the challenge, and I think defying a lot of expectations there, getting into motor racing, you've been involved in racing for a little while now, Jordan, and I love the fact that your athleticism, your competitive nature, that thing which has really helped you to succeed in challenge after challenge seems to also be a perfect fit for your love of motor racing and driving. So we're also going to talk about new movie that you're starring in here in a moment, but Let's talk about this intersection of getting behind the wheel and going obscenely fast and doing well in that and how that fits with your spirit, your approach, your competitive drive. How'd this come about? Uh, thank you so much for having me, Marshall. Um, man, I, <clears throat> I grew up in uh, Mustang, Oklahoma, or a little town about 20, 30 miles west of Oklahoma City. I grew up on a gravel road, dead end. Uh, and we just adrenaline was like adrenaline's free, you know, mm. <laughs> like you can go out there and like, and we had like, you know, we had a three wheeler and we had a, a, a four wheeler and a dirt bike at a young age. So we were just cruising. Your dad would mow a, mow a path in the pasture and we would just and drive around that as fast as we could. And then of course you start putting jumps in it and then, you know, now everyone's racing and, I got into racing motocross when I was younger. And then when I got to high school, my, my dad was like, all right, buddy, they don't give scholarships for motocross. So you're going to play sports. And I, that's what we focused on. So I put the motorsport stuff away. They sold the dirt bikes and stuff. And, uh, that was kind of my path for a while. And that competitive nature, it, that never goes away, you know? And, and I stopped playing sports in college and then started doing TV and that took me to the challenge, which, that let me flex my competitive muscles there, you know, and, and that it was in the challenge is ever changing, which I like. Um, 
because I consider myself to be very, very well-rounded. And I think that that's what it takes to win in the challenge. And that I think is the biggest crossover with racing. Every single track is a new challenge. Every single uh, racer that you're racing is a new opponent and they race in a different way and you've got to set them up in a different way and, and think about where you are. Um, and then I love adrenaline. So, you know, you get all of that in, in racing. Um, and then I, I love the roll cage now that I'm older, a little wiser. (laughs) (laughs) So four wheels makes a lot more sense than, than two. Let's talk a little bit about this IMSA side of what you're doing. Wasn't, didn't have the opportunity to uh, catch up in person, unfortunately, at some of the Michelin pilot challenge races so far this season, but you have been learning within a great team, a great, great friend, Brian Herta, his Brian Herta Autosport team, the Hyundai TCR factory program. You've been stuck in Jordan with a team mm-hmm. that is best of the best. Also a team that's very accustomed to taking those with talent, but maybe not massive amounts of higher level racing experience and saying, okay, we're going to work with your core skills, develop those kind of expedite your learning curve. Tell me about that, man, because I got to admit compared to going to maybe a smaller team where it might take years or add more years to your racing development seems like you're in here with the perfect perfect group it has truly been a whirlwind like the the speed at which everything happened the synchronicities of everything it was actually pretty crazy um so at uh daytona first round of uh imsa michelin pilot challenge uh i got invited out i was a uh, an ambassador for hyundai right so just a, just an influencer right you know and they were like hey uh, once you come out to the race and hang out with this team, I ran the lollipop in the pits for the BHA team and got to meet the drivers. And actually they, they do their drivers camp. So yeah. for about five or five or six days before the race in between the roar and the, the pilot challenge, uh, we did like different workouts and, and driving things with like karting and we do kayak workouts and bike workouts. It was, it was really fun. And I got along with the guys really well. But I got along particularly well with with a young driver named Jacob Diley, and uh, the Diley Motorsports is a is a satellite team of uh, Hyundai and and BHA, and they work really closely with BHA. So they're based in Oklahoma City. They're based in Deer Creek, which is about twenty minutes away from where I live. It's like someone's where I, where telling you something here. I I know, and and I met Bob Diley, Jacob's dad, who's the owner of Diley Motorsports, and. You know, Brian and, and Sean Jones, they introduced me and, you know, we hit it off uh, immediately and they were just, you know, that hometown just helping hand. And they're like, hey, you know, we're doing a test day, uh, a couple of test days in a couple of weeks out at Hallett, um, which is in Oklahoma. Uh, if you want to come out, you know, we'll we'll put you in a car. You can come just experience experience a car and stuff. I was like, hey, can you know, I'll come out. So I flew out. I got in the car and I ended up. Uh, just a couple of seconds off of Jacob and, and uh, Cabot Bigham, you know, the other drivers. And they were like, Hey, you know, you're, you're pretty good. Does she think you could do this? And I was like, yeah, my ego said, yeah, <laughs> you know? And so uh, they're like, you know, we're, we're going to put you in a race with some people and we'll see how you do. We'll do a bunch of mock races. So we did that and I ended up getting even faster 
And um, so they said, here's the deal. Laguna Seca is Hyundai's home race, right? That's their, their homework. That's their, their, they're the marquee sponsor there. Um, it's about five weeks away. You know, to get your IMSA license, you need to put together a race resume and then you need to apply to Bo. And I said, Bo Barfield, race director uh, in IMSA. Yep. Good guy. Super former racer too. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. You know, I I got to sit in, I I started sitting in on the driver's meetings uh, at Sebring. Once, once this even came up, uh, they went ahead and sent me in there at Sebring. So got to, I've been listening to him and, and, you know, and he's, I really like the way he handles everything. Um, strict and fair, you know, so that's, that's really nice. But like, look, you got five weeks. Um, so get as many races under your belt as you can. So we literally looked around at different local races within Oklahoma. We, then we looked at regional races with SCCA and, uh, the dialing motorsports, they have one of last year's, uh, Velosters still one of those TCR cars. So we ran that in a couple of GT classes uh, with SCCA. And then I also ran a couple of spec racer races in a, in a local series in Oklahoma. And so basically we filled every weekend with a race. You're drinking and, from the proverbial fire hose here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just said, let me. And that, that's literally what I told him, Marshall. I said, I'm the kind, you know, that I just need to be thrown in the fire. Let me do the thing <laughs> and turn my fears into instincts. And, and I can I can do this, you know. And they said, okay. And so they basically just gave me all I asked for and they would have the car there and set up and just, I can't thank Jacob and Bob enough with Diley. You know, they just, they really went at it for me. We applied to Bo and, and he approved it. So I made my debut, uh, uh, IMSA appearance at Laguna Seca and it was insane. It was just it, like how big it is you know and, and it's one thing to be there and, and experience it as a fan and in the pits and, and things but man you know i think my my heart rate was the highest sitting on the grid before you know it was just the anticipation for everything to start was was so high and then once it finally did you could just sink back into hey we're just playing cars so my wife was not super happy with me jordan because we got through every episode of the most recent the challenge all-stars i unless i have the the name of the exact there's so many different variations of names i do get lost uh, a little bit but yeah i think the the, the, are you the latest one or, yeah, or a different one the latest the, one the, the world champs world champs there we go we got yep. through all but the final episode before I had to fly out for uh, Indianapolis in no. May. So was there for 18 days, right? Uh, unfortunately, uh, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. It's never unfortunate to be at the Indianapolis no. Speedway, but was there for the Indianapolis Grand Prix, which precedes the Indy 500. The same weekend you were at my home race here at Laguna Seca. So was obviously following that, your progress and everyone's progress at Laguna Seca, while in Indianapolis, but had to get home, had two days home before taking off, just got back yesterday from the 24 hours of Le Mans. But in that two day window, I had home between Indy and Le Mans. My wife was like, look, jackass, we're going to finish the challenge. Okay. I had to avoid every forum, every, everything. I'm tired of having to avoid to find out uh, who won. And so she and I have been fans of the show forever. So when I first saw the like, hey, Jordan's getting into imps, I'm like, good for him, man. This seems to 
fit who you are. And so we're watching it and you and Kaz win. And I'm like, okay, this 2023 on top of all the, the great success Jordan you've had before in the challenge, it seems like between what you just achieved with Kaz now making your IMSA debut getting accredited by IMSA in such a short amount of time. And Bo Barfield, lifelong friend, he would not license you or anyone who no. he felt was a joker. So we got to be clear. This isn't some yeah. special exception <laughs> being made for promotional reasons. Bo is not about any of that nonsense. But tell me about this, brother, because it feels like, and again, I know we still got to get your mo- the movie that you've done, Helmet, but this feels like 2023 is the year of you, man. And in all the best ways, Tell me about this because it's not like you're an 18 year old kid having the first good thing happen to you. It just seems like all the flowers are coming your way right around the same time. It, thank you for noticing, you know, cause it's, it has been a grind and I've had this vision in my mind. Honestly, since I was about 17 years old, my best friend in the world, uh, when we were 15, 16 years old, he had a Sony handy cam. You know, and he would make movies in like in the, in the, his house and everything. And and that's when I re- I was like, this is how you like make movies and television. He's like, yeah, dude, you just like shoot it and like edit it. And I was like, wow. And so I've always wanted to to produce and and write and act and and things. And that's what reality television was for me. You know, so getting into that and then getting the opportunities that I've, I've had the slog for over the past decade. It is not the scripted world does not like reality TV people coming over. You know, it's only up until about three, four years ago that social media getting bigger and like people recognizing that advertising money is advertising money, however you get it. And so now you're seeing people from just Instagram and TikTok and things like that, getting acting jobs when it used to, it used to be like a taboo. They would not let people in there. So I would have to fight my way into these rooms and get these opportunities like the blacklist and SWAT and, uh, uh, two seasons with Tyler Perry and that time with him, you know, filming Atlanta, all those episodes, I truly got to see, the hardest working producer in the business. I truly believe that Tyler Perry is. So everything has just been compounding on itself and I've just been planning and it has, I've had setbacks and then there's been triumphs and then setbacks, but I always tell people it, it never goes up in a straight line, right? It's always up and then down a little bit, up a little bit more and down a little bit, but your low, your newest low is never as low as your last low. That's Mm. the goal. Right. It's all you're, you're going to keep bouncing, but as long as you keep bouncing up. And so everything that I've done has just been a culmination of setting myself up to be able to pounce on these opportunities. And I just feel that, yeah, in the last, you know, six months or so, it, everything has just kind of been falling my way. And it's, it's been mentally, it's been tough and like keeping up with it. It's the, I have, I've probably traveled more and, and this, this little stint of 23 than I have in the last couple of years combined, you know, just from, I did ride or dies. And then as I got back in this, I left for world champs. And as soon as we get back from that, I go to London to film there and then immediately back here to film helmet. Um, it's just been going and going. And then I went to Daytona from Daytona. It's been a blur. 
you're getting to hear because it's just been all racing, you know. And then on on top of that, you know, I own a I own a production. I started a production company a a, a few years back, and we've put out a, a movie and and some commercials and things like that. And now with this racing thing and and just what is going on, this I not just because it's me, but I do th- I know how hard it is to get into the racing world. And the opportunity that I've got, I know, is very rare. So we're trying to capture as much of that as we can. So we're actually shooting a doc series following this whole thing. We just put out the first episode on, on YouTube uh, a couple of days ago. It's called Just Drive. And it's basically just documenting, like, I've gone from being a fan to a professional driver, you know, in inside three months. And now it's a whole new challenge that we're going to have to conquer going all these tracks are new you know i've been to road atlanta um and that's it you know as far as the rest of this as as far as the rest of the schedule so you know um watkins glen next i don't know that we're going to make watkins glen unfortunately uh our our driver jake diley he's only 17 i mean which is amazing he's the youngest driver on the grid but in new york you got to be 18 years old or emancipated to, to play professional sport. And unfortunately he didn't get emancipated in time. So I don't know that we're going to make Watkins Glen, but we're looking at, we've got uh, Canadian tire motorsports park next. And that's big boy track. You know, oh. that's, that's, that's big speeds. That's poop your pants track right there. Old school. Uh, yeah. In that's, the best. That's best reach, ways. reach down, reach down, grab a set and, and hang on. Well, I love the fact as well, Jordan, that the team you're the, the greater team you're associated with through the Brian Herta Autosports side, they've been doing big things for years with this yeah. program in showing that look, if you have gone through something unfortunate in life and had some of your mobility taken away, if you have some sort of physical difficulty that you have to overcome and incorporate into your racing, right? This is a team, mm-hmm. this is a manufacturer that has said, oh, no, no, we, we do not see any barriers here. Michael Johnson being the first, right? Motorcycle racing crash, uh, paralyzed from the waist down. Michael kicking has kicked a lot of butt, had great success uh, with this team. Dear friend Robert Wickens as well. Horrific crash. He's been able to regain a lot of his mobility, but not all, but a race winner in TCR. You as well. One of the great hallmarks of everything you've achieved is saying, you know what? Uh, Okay. Lord didn't make me identical to you and everybody Mm -hmm. else, but guess what? I don't see any barriers here. Tell me about plugging into this team that I'm assuming uh, this greater Hyundai team that would see you and say, oh, no, we're good. Yeah, that was actually such a pleasant surprise. You know, like I, I wasn't too, too familiar with, with Hyundai and what they were doing until they, they pulled me on as an ambassador. And then after going to literally the first uh, event and activation with them, I immediately saw how plugged in they are with their communities, but everywhere that they are. And I got to meet Robert Wickens at the, at the first activation at road Atlanta and talking to him and just how much Hyundai stepped in and did that. And then Brian Herta and, and Sean Jones and what those guys have going over there. Uh, they, they take it upon themselves to kind of look, seek out, 
those people who are counted out, you know, and that's, that was very apparent to me. And that felt like a, like a really big fit just right away, you know, just being there and, and being their guest at first, I just felt that right away from team manager, Katie Brandon, uh, all the way through, they were all super supportive. Um, Robert walking me through, you know, everything that they've done with his setup in the car and everything. It's, it's really amazing how much they've done and, and how much they care. You can see. Katie's like the warmest hum, human being oh in my the history gosh. of Earth. Yeah, <laughs> she is a superwoman, you know? Like, the amount that she does on a race weekend is incredible. I grew up with her husband, and uh, the fact that she takes pity on Kyle and me, I mean, those are uh, two of the kinder things in life. Okay, I got one more question <laughs> for you, and then we're going to talk about your movie. So, hey, you do great things in the challenge, have done that. You've had success there, won a number of them. There's usually a pretty serious financial reward for winning the challenge. And so what do you do Mm -hmm. with those winnings? Oh, you blow it on all kinds of disposable things. No, the exact opposite. Uh, Hey, (laughs) support is needed in Ukraine. What kind of support? I don't know, but I'll find out and I'll buy those things. And I'm not going to like, use Amazon Ukraine to just order things and have them dropped off at someone's door. You're there, <laughs> nah. right? Yeah. You're there yeah we gotta make bringing, sure. Tell, uh, tell us about that, Jordan, because you could in theory do things the easier way. And again, I'm joking when I'm saying using Amazon Ukraine, but you know, you could probably have a lot of things drop shipped and, and just stay home in a comfy place. But you have a, a different approach to helping people and that's getting in there and doing what's needed on the ground while a war is going on of all the things I've, I've seen you do. This is the one that I respect the absolute most. Thank you. Thank you very much. It, it honestly was such a on the whim thing, you know, like as, as the invasion was breaking out, my, my roommate and I, uh, he's an ex EMT and firefighter from Boston um, we were just watching it and I was like, this is not, and it felt so much like a, I was just watching a bully, you know, like just try and get what he wanted. And, uh, what the hardest thing to watch was just that the tanks were just lining up and shooting, um, the, the like apartment buildings and things. And I was like, that's not like war. That's not like real war, you know? So Kevin and I just kind of, at the same time, a light bulb went off, so we should go over there and just help evacuate and then uh, take in supplies. And my grandfather is, uh, he's the head guy at Fort Sill in Oklahoma, in uh, Lawton, Oklahoma. And so I called him and, and I asked him first, and I said, Grandpa, what, you know, if you were going to help, what's the best way to help? And and he knows, and I, I tell everybody, Marshall, I'm a caveman. You know, I, I don't do computers and phones and stuff. I'm not good at that. Like, if you need me to show up and move something, I got you. If you need me to show up and wrench on something, I got you. You know, I'm I'm not like a, like a handout soup. for the iPad. Probably not. No, you know, and I'm not like a handout soup kind of guy. You know, I want to, I, my, I'm good with hands on things and I, you know, that's just, and logistics and those kind of things. And I'm engineering minded. And so when I, you know, and I asked him and he knows me and he said, honestly, grandson, it's going to be uh, supply chain. You know, they're going to need supplies. And that's the number one thing that Russia is going to come off, cut off. So um, 
you know, if I were going to do anything, I would just help them get stuff in. And I said, okay. And that's what we went and did, you know, and we just accumulated more and more vans and, and box trucks and things like that. And, uh, within, a within about seven or eight days, the UN had contacted us because we were the first Americans to cross at, uh, the, uh, Rebene border crossing. And so they were, they asked us to come in to their, their hotel and everything. And, uh, Yaviv and kind of brief them on what it was looking like and what places needed and things like that, where we had been. Uh, so we started working with them and then about a month, month and a half in, we start working with Zelensky's office doing special uh, evacuations. Ukraine President like, Zelensky, yep. Yep. And and so when they evacuate, as the front lines move forward and backwards, uh, when they have to evacuate hospitals, the last people evacuated are the, the most severe, the ones that are going to be on ventilators and things like that. And so that we were asked, they said, hey, if we can get you guys some special ambulances, uh, can you guys go in and, and get these special evacs? And we said, okay. So we started doing that. And then it ended up being about 50 days that, that we were there. Um, we set up an NGO and everything. So that, that is still operating and everything, but I had booked a film and, uh, I, so I, I had had commitments that I had to come back for. And so I come back and got about two or three days of rest and then went out to the desert and actually filmed. That's when I filmed helmet. You know, I love the fact that you got your production company doing a docu-series about the Hyundai stuff, but uh, I'm hoping there are some folks at least sharing or capturing some of the stuff that you were doing in Ukraine, because that, to me, uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff where you go, of all the things we are remembered for, a lot of things that are kind of disposable, right? Did this thing, Mm -hmm. was personally enriched, it was cool, but... Yeah, that's probably not going on your gravestone. He was a good race car driver. Uh, he won uh, hall brawls. Like, mm-hmm. this no. is the kind of stuff where you go, okay, um, that's what we, we're going to be remembered for. But let's close. We asked, we asked ourselves that, you know, like we, we literally said, uh, you know, I go, man, it just feels like one of those times in history. And our generation hasn't really seen it that much. You know, we haven't had to make those like tough decisions of like, hey, and, when we look back at history, like, and our children or grandchildren are asking like, Hey, when this thing happened, like what was going through your head or like, what did you do? We wanted to, you know, be able to say, well, we did something. Amen. Let's close on helmet. Now, first question, yeah. was that a wig or did you grow your hair out? Because no, it's me, baby. That's <laughs> all me. Yeah. So yeah, man, I grew it out for like a year. Oh, that's and amazing. I got, the, I got the bag turned, you know, and uh, <laughs> oh, it was so great. It was so great. I did. I loved it. I got so many compliments on it, too. I actually, I, when I see pictures, I regret cutting it. Well, it, it was glorious. It, it, it just, yeah. Oh my God. If it doesn't have some sort of Instagram account of its own, I'll be very disappointed, but why don't you, um, why don't you tell us about this movie? Because there, it is, uh, I believe inspired, uh, by a, a real person. What is it? Mm-hmm. Cause I watched the trailer and I mentioned before we started, f- uh, recording, I don't know if I could tell you exactly what was going on, but it caught my interest. <laughs> but what would set this up? So, uh, Helmet is the story of a washed up race car driver set in the 1970s, Los Angeles. And, you know, when he had a, uh, he had a bad crash and 
he couldn't get back in the car. You know, he just couldn't get back on the horse and, and couldn't break that, that fear. So he went into towing cars and he's just back in the seventies in Hollywood, the, the tow truck scene was kind of crazy and lawless. So it was first come first serve. Whoever got there, got the tow. So that led to tow truck companies would start setting up oil slicks or they disconnect people with batteries and things like that. And then just happened to be the tow truck company that's there to, to help you. Um, but then they also started getting their own territories and tow truck companies would kind of battle amongst themselves for, for territory. So really, if I had to kind of explain it, helmet, if I had to compare it to anything, it's, um, I think Dukes of Hazard meets Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's some, it's some dark comedy in there and, uh, it's some race inspired fun. And, but then there's, there's that like grittiness of, uh, you know, some like real stuff going on. Some, some I don't want to say turf wars, but you know, it's kind of battling for, for position within the city. I mean, I've seen many movies that involve automobiles, uh, tow truck wars is, uh, with a Dukes of Hazard theme and a little <laughs> bit of Sons of Anarchy. The, those were yeah. angles, Jordan. I had not put together in my head. Um, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and tell me about this. Cause you're not new to acting, but in terms no. of being, you know, the guy in a movie, um, you know, leading things and such. Tell me about that. Cause, uh, again, not a, a new genre for you, but having your name as one of, if not the central name attached to a film, that seems like a, another cool step forward for you in your career. Definitely. Um, you know, I, the re I, I got found in a bar, you know, and I, I did the real world and the real world is what got me to the challenge. And, Originally, in my last interview process of the whole process, getting in the real world, they they brought it up and they're like, "All right, you know, you're going to be honest." I was not excited. I was like, "I don't want to do this," you know. I don't I don't want to be known for reality television. I want to act. And my dad was like, "Dude, ain't nobody coming to Oklahoma and finding you." All right, like when the director's walking around here saying, "You come be in my movie," so he goes, "You need to say yes. You need to go, and then just." make friends with the producers and things and ask them, you know, what do you need to do to become an actor? And so I did. And from there they said, you need to go to a studio. You know, you need to learn how to act. And I said, okay. And I looked at the best studios in the country and, uh, I found the William Esther studio in New York city. And I applied and auditioned and got in, did a two year program there. And, uh, it, the timing just worked out. Cause my time there, I had just, you know, did the real world, the real world doesn't pay you anything there. So you you come off and yeah, you're on television, but you don't, you don't have anything to show for it. And then do the challenge and that doesn't pay anything, especially if you don't win. Uh, I mean, it, it pays something, but it ain't nothing when you're first starting out. And so it was just a, a, a struggling time and it sucked, but then the timing worked out perfect. And I did X's two and I won. And I put a little change in my pocket and I said, I'm moving to LA while I got the money and I'm going to, I'm going to be in movies. You know, I'm going to start auditioning and I'm going to do the thing. And, uh, I moved out there. They called me within like three or four weeks of me moving out there and like, Hey, you know, we're ready. You ready to do bloodlines? And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to try and do this acting thing. Thank you for calling, but no thanks. And, and I, so I turned them down and they leave for that. And about three weeks later, 
uh, I meet Tyler Perry and he puts me in a, in a, a show and that turns into about 34 episodes over two seasons. And it was the best thing that could have possibly happened to see how he works and the, the speed at which we shoot and the responsibility that he gives you as an actor and a creator. Uh, I was, I was hooked, you know, from there. And that is what got me into the the producing, you know, that is when I realized I was like, that is where you get the, the true creative control that just everything overall. So um, I started a production company in 2018 and we started doing music videos and commercials and I have a clothing company that we would do pro- the promo for that. And then we got into pilots and eventually we did our first feature film, which is uh, called the stocking fields. And that's out now. You can go and buy and rent that on any platform, you know, prime iTunes, Google play, Roku, whatever you got, it's out there. Um, and you know, this was, this is the path that I want to be. I want to do everything just like in my competition. I like to be good at everything. I, I always tell people I'm doing my best to not have a job. <laughs> that's, that's my goal. I'm doing my best to not have a job, to just to act and compete and, and race, you know, and get that adrenaline and, and solve the problem of setup and track and competitors. Uh, you know, that's, I'm just trying to keep doing that as long as I can. I always tell folks like, what do you do for a living? I play with race cars. Like I, yeah. I, I was a mechanic, <laughs> right? I drove a little bit, but I mean, I, I was a race car mechanic for 15, 20 years, whatever switched over to writing and reporting and whatever uh, with race cars. But what I do for a living is something that contains no social value whatsoever. Uh, world hunger has not been cured because I did a video about whatever. I'm truly on the verge of not having a job because I play with race cars in some way, shape or form. You, on the other hand, doing some things that are, are uh, definitely more valuable to earth, but tell folks where, where and when helmet can be consumed. And as I said, the, the trailer intrigued me. Uh, I do look forward to seeing the full expression of this. Uh, and mm-hmm. I hope folks will as well. Um, Helmet is premiering at the Dances with Films Festival. It's here in Hollywood. It'll be at the Chinese Theater right there on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So that's going to be the premiere uh, July 1st. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and then from from there, uh, we'll be able to let everyone know the platforms uh, after that. And then in the meantime, if you go to uh, YouTube, you can watch Just Drive, and that is, you know, the current IMSA you know, track and my journey into to IMSA and pro racing. And you know, I'm going to be here for the rest of the season there. Uh, I'm going to work closely with Hyundai and just learn as much as I can. This is, is going to be a building year for us. And then we're going to come back really strong and do a full campaign in 24. I love it. Happy for you, Jordan. Great to see truly someone who just works their behind off getting their just rewards. Also cool to see that, very early in your racing career, your, your four-wheeled racing career, and you're already gaining traction. So tons to learn, tons to, uh, to find, develop within yourself, but you are absolutely connected with all the right people and look forward to seeing you here a little bit later in the season. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to come back and, and talk more. Thanks once again to Jordan for joining us. 
more than 1,400 episodes here in our podcast catalog. You might pay a visit to marshallpruittpodcast.com to enjoy the offerings we have there. And thank you once again to Jordan for his time and to our partners at Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and torontomotorsports.com. <laughs>